The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. And welcome to your critically acclaimed. That's right. It's a fun title. It's name- <laughs> because it's yours. Also, you are critically acclaimed. You but are. Grammatically, it's your critically acclaimed. Anyway, my name is William Bibiani. I'm a film critic. Everyone calls me Bibbs. My name is Whitney Seibold. I am also a film critic. People call me Whitney Seibold. And this is a special podcast that we actually do through our Patreon, patreon.com slash critically acclaimed network, uh, where we offer uh, people on our Patreon and our top uh, tier, $20 a month, uh, they can sponsor a whole episode and they get to pick what the topic is. We, we may have to have a discussion about it, but they get to pick mm-hmm. what the topic is. And then Whitney and I have to do a podcast about it. And uh, sometimes those episodes just go straight to the Patreon. But our patron uh, this time is... Uh, a person named Mac Crope, who uh, very generously uh, wanted this episode to be released to everyone. Mm-hmm. So we all get to enjoy this together, and we all get to talk about uh, the film he selected, which is an absolute delight. It's a film that was critically claimed, fittingly enough, uh, but doesn't get talked about nearly enough, I feel. So let's talk about a little movie called Wallace and Gromit, the curse of the were-rabbit. It's furry. It's fuzzy. It's ferocious. Fantastic! But it's no match for the world's greatest inventor and his trusty companion. We created a monster. From the creators of Chicken Run. Mob supplies! Get your angry mob supplies here! Wallace and Grumman, The Curse of the Were-Rabbit, rated G. Starts Friday, October 7th. Oh, how droll. How very dry. Um, Ardman Animation, has, uh, apart from Flushed Away, hasn't made a bad film. Uh, Which is to say they've only made one bad They've film. made one bad film. It's called Flushed Away. And I haven't seen Arthur Christmas, to, to, to be perfectly fair. I still can't believe you haven't seen it. It's I've so good. But I've heard nothing but good things about it, so I, I can... Maybe safely say that they've never made a bad film other than Flushed Away. Uh, even Early Man is great. Nobody talked about Early Man. I so missed it. Came and went. Nobody I talked it. about it. I feel bad about it. I missed it. Uh, it's the only one I haven't seen. I couldn't get through Flushed Away. Oh, yeah. It's so bad. <laughs> like, not only is it just not a good movie. Flushed Away, for those who may have missed it, is a mm. film that stars Hugh Jackman as a rat who gets flushed down into the sewers and has to meet less erudite rats. Mm. There's a story there. It's not in Flushed Away. Uh, um, <laughs> Flushed Away is so... It was their first foray into CG animation, and it's just... 
like the frame rates bad, the environments but, aren't very well uh, uh, put together. It yeah, just they, they it tried, looks cheap. They tried to make the CGI look like their traditional stop motion approach, and they. I'm amazed that like you would again. have run tests on that, and yeah. you would have seen that it was going to look like this. But yeah, uh, and Ard- you would have decided not to do that. I don't understand uh, what happened. Ardman Animation. I've been a big, huge fan of Ardman long before they even started making features. Mm-hmm. Uh, I went to. Uh, an animation festival of theirs uh, hosted at the Wilshire Theater in Santa Monica, California, uh, a long time ago when I got to see shorts like Creature Comforts. And the big finale of this shorts program was Wallace and Gromit in A Close Shave, which won the Academy Award that year for Best uh, Animated Short. Ardman Animation uh, has won many Academy Awards yes, for Best indeed. Animated Short. In fact, the only Wallace and Gromit short that didn't win Best Animated Short mm-hmm. lost to another Ardman Animation film that was nominated the same year. <laughs> so they're, they're sitting pretty uh, in yeah. terms of the American Academy Awards. I have a feeling that they don't really care. Uh, Ardman is, like, they're kind of a global animation powerhouse, but you watch their movies and they're quiet they're mm-hmm. typically pretty calm. They're very quaint. They're kind of completely uh, detached from mm-hmm. anything that sort of mainstream Hollywood would want them to be. In fact, even when they were making Curse of the Were-Rabbit for, um, was DreamWorks. Dream, yeah. Uh, apparently, DreamWorks came at them with things like, hey, can Wallace drive a cooler car? And they were like, no. no. <laughs> that would make him cool. And he's not. That's... That's the joke. I don't understand why we have to explain yeah. this. They also wanted, uh, supposedly, they asked if they could recast Wallace with a famous actor. No, Peter, Sal- said, no, Peter Salas is Wallace. Yeah, like, period. That's, he's famous as Wallace, but they compromised and they ended up casting Helena Bonham Carter and Ray mm. Fiennes in some supporting roles in Wallace and Gromit, Curse of the Were-Rabbit. If you're unfamiliar with who Wallace and Gromit are, that's something we can work on because <laughs> they're, they're wonderful but it's interesting because Wallace and Gromit were a major like animation duo uh, for about 10-15 years but it's been about 15 years since they've appeared we haven't had a new Wallace and Gromit well, in a while now Peter, well Peter Salas passed away a few years ago sure. so uh, that might be one of the major reasons I'm sure uh, but in England uh, Wallace and Gromit have a little bit more of an empire than they do here in the States yeah uh, there's you know comic books and books and TV shows. Uh, Wallace and Gromit do have their own series, mini like kind of a smaller series. Uh, it's not like Shaun the Sheep, which mm-hmm. is has been a number of actual like episodic shows, television yeah. shows. They have like little bits of shorts. Uh, but yeah, they, you can get a lot of like Wallace and Gromit merch. <laughs> a friend of mine went to England and mailed me a Wallace and Gromit T-shirt, yeah. which you couldn't get in the states back in like the late nineties. Well, because they're just they're just although mm. the shorts were available, and I remember seeing them on TV. I think PBS aired them sometimes, mm. and maybe a few other networks as well. Um, they weren't in features, and America doesn't really have like in our lifetimes like a really good delivery system for short animation outside of some TV, and most mm. TVs not really just going to throw in animation forever they can find it. So Wallace and Gromit, if you're unfamiliar with the characters, uh, Wallace is uh, a kindly man who lives alone with his dog named Gromit. Gromit doesn't talk, but Gromit is anthropomorphic. He can walk around on his hind legs. He usually doesn't, but he can. Um, And and he doesn't speak. Yeah, he doesn't speak, but he is capable of articulating his emotions and his... Uh, desires and his criticisms in a variety of other ways. Uh, Wallace is an inventor. 
and mm-hmm. he's constantly in all of his shorts inventing new things. Uh, in I believe the first short, he invented a spaceship because they decided they're such cheese enthusiasts. They love cheese that they wanted to go to the moon hmm. to get some cheese. Because everyone knows the moon's made of cheese. Yes. So they so they, they build a rocket in their basement mm-hmm. and they fly to the they fly to the moon. Yep. And lo, it's made of cheese. Mm-hmm. But they cannot identify what kind of cheese. It's like it might be Wensleydale. It's so and, weird. And also there's a mysterious vending machine of some kind on the moon. <laughs> that sells cheese. <laughs> no, it doesn't sell anything. I thought it sold cheese. No, they just they put a coin in it, it does nothing, and then when they walk away it arms spring from its side yeah it starts wheeling itself around it's alive yeah and it finds wallace and gromit and wants to club them for some reason yeah it's adorable um then there's a cute bit where it comes up behind wallace and just as the club is coming down to to meet wallace's head it runs out of money and it stops dead (laughs) wallace gets up oh what's that oh i guess better put another coin in he puts another coin in walks away springs to life it goes goes after them again (laughs) It's 100% adorable. And then there was one where they had a new tenant who was an evil penguin mm. who would, uh, 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 memory serves, he dressed up as a rooster by putting a glove on his head uh, you could commit his crime. Spoilers! <laughs> what? <laughs> There's a bit at the end where the penguin like pulls the, the glove off of its head uh-huh. and Wallace says, good grief, it's you! <laughs> <laughs> Have you seen this chicken? Uh <laughs> Yeah, there's a new tenant. It's really cruel to Gromit. Gromit has to move out. Gromit is really uh, upset that there's a new tenant. And it turns yeah. out this chicken is, or this chicken slash penguin, mm. is planning some kind of uh, diamond heist. It's a criminal mastermind. Using Wallace's uh, brand new invention, the Techno Trousers. Ah, are yes. Pan- like big mechanical pants that walk on their own. And then there was uh, uh, the other show, which we already mentioned, mm. The Close Shave, uh, in which they go into the sheep shearing business. Mm. And they end up with Sean. Sean. The sheep. Uh, the pun only works with, with the accent. The accent. Uh, yeah, and, 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 and in American, Sean the sheep just doesn't really... Sounds like Sean. Sean yeah, but it should be Sean, Shorn the Sean, sheep. Sean and Shorn don't sound the same in English. Yeah. In American English. And we're butchering it still. We're just trying to make sure you get that there's supposed Sean. to be a pun in there. We'll call him Sean. Um, and of course, Sean was so popular, Sean has his own spin-off TV series. And He's had fact, two it, movies, and his first movie in particular, mm, Sean the Sheep movie, mm, one of the funniest movies of the decade. It is hilarious. One of the other funniest movies of the decade, by the way, Pirates Band of Misfits, <laughs> which is really underappreciated and underrated, and I really hope more people see it. And what was interesting to me when we got this assignment was that uh, Matt Crope, uh, and I hope I'm pronouncing your last name right, um, he pointed out that he feels like people don't talk about this movie very much. Mm. And he's right, but this movie won the Academy Award for Best Animated Feature. Mm-hmm. This is in the history books. It was critically acclaimed when it came out, not just because this is our podcast, but because critics actually acclaimed it. Mm. Um, and it was part of this beloved franchise. But you're right. People don't talk about this movie very often anymore. It's a little bit... Uh, it's not gone. I think it's one of those movies that when you bring it up, people go, oh, that was a good one. Mm. But we don't talk about it enough. And I think I really like that we get an opportunity to talk about oh. this film that is just not, not so much getting swept aside by history so much as people are forgetting that it's tucked away in a corner. Well, here's the curious thing about Wallace and Gromit and the Curse of the Were-Rabbit. It's almost a footnote to the Wallace and Gromit universe, mm-hmm. even though it's the largest, most ambitious project mm-hmm. featuring those characters. I think it made nearly two hundred million dollars off a budget of only oh, yeah. thirty. It was a yeah. successful motion picture. It was picture. a huge, huge hit. And 
But when you think about Wallace and Gromit, you think about those shorts. You think yeah. the first three shorts. There was a fourth short after the feature film called A Matter of Loaf and Death. That's the one that didn't win an Academy Award. Uh, but oh, I think I might have. Been, I think my trivia might be old. I think there are two that didn't win. Okay, okay. yeah, fair I, enough. I, I don't think. A, uh, you know what? I'm going to look this up just a, for the I sake. I don't think of... a Grand Day Out one either. But I know uh, the Wrong Trousers and a Close Shave both did yeah. uh, win an Academy Award here in America. Um, yeah, there was another one called A Matter of Loaf and Death. It wasn't quite as good. It came after the feature film. Those first three shorts, though, were so ubiquitous. Those things were in college dorm rooms. Like oh, people, people would loved buy, them. Yeah, people loved them. People bought them on VHS uh, when I was young. Uh, we, I couldn't go into a hipster's dorm room without seeing those three VHS all <laughs> lined up next to each other. So Wallace and Gromit were already in America uh, across age groups, too. Kind of these cult icons. Little kids liked them. Uh, college kids loved them. And adults loved them. So, but when it came time to put them in a feature film, it wasn't, it, it didn't come across like this was the grand culmination of everything that Wallace and Gromit had brought to us so far. It was, well, I guess we'll do a film now. <laughs> and they did a film and it was big and ambitious. It was much more visually complex than any of the shorts. The story was more complex. It had more characters. Uh, but it didn't have the same kind of lo-fi charm that I mm -hmm. think we enjoy Wallace and Gromit for. Uh, Ardman Animation is located, from what I understand, uh, outside of the city. They're kind of in, in the suburbs or out near the country. Yeah. And I think, sh like, if you look at a Shaun the Sheep uh, episode or the movie, mm -hmm. that's what you see when you look outside of Ardman's window. You see, like, a farm. Yeah. They live out in the farmlands. Okay, my, tri so, my, sorry, my trivia was old, just right. to, to get away with it. Um... A Matter of Love and Death did lose to the animated yeah. film Logorama. Before that, they had won everything they'd been nominated for, except for Grand Day Out, which lost to Creature Comforts. Oh, okay. Which yeah. you've never which seen is, is delightful. It's they interviewed a whole bunch of people about regular everyday stuff, but they animated them as though they were stop motion animals. It's yeah. really cute. Yeah. Uh, but uh, when when you're watching Wallace and Gromit, you know they kind of live in the suburbs. Everything's really kind of quiet. Uh, everything's really. Um, just kind of drab it, by, it, by design. It's, yeah. it, it's, it, Every, it's a calm life that they live. Yeah, Wallace and Gromit do live. Yeah, even though they're, they, I know you know, an obligatory cameo, but Wallace and Gromit run afoul of like criminal penguins and robot trousers and robo dogs and all the rest. They, yeah, they still live a very quiet, calming life. Who's main, and their only main concerns are things like breakfast and cheese. And I think it's because Wallace himself is such a dotty character. Yeah. He's a, he's smart. He's an inventor, but he's not practical. He's not, he's not uh, wise. Yeah. 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 He's, he's, uh, he reminds me of a character played by Michael, like characters played by Michael Palin mm. in Monty Python's flying circus. He always exactly. played the kind of nerdy accountant types. Oh yeah. yeah. Like, uh, Mr. Pither. Okay. From the Do you know Mr. Pither from the cycling tour? Not really. No. Oh, okay. It's not that one. I, I, that's not coming to mind by name. Yeah. Give us this catch. Uh, <laughs> Mr. Pither. Uh, how do you spell Pither? Pither. Uh, P-I-T-H-E-R. As in brotherhood, but a P-I instead of B-R-O and no hood. <laughs> okay. That, that kind of... And, you know, you he's, that. He has, like, a nerdy glasses and nobody wants to talk to him. Uh, he, yeah, Wallace is a, a little bit of a... Just a dotty old nerd. A, a yep. befuddled... Dude, befuddled old man and you know Peter Salas was much older than Wallace but he inf infused him with that kind of um Dottie who else can I compare him to I'm oh, thinking I'm, of I, uh, everyone take a drink every time Whitney says Dottie Dottie old man 
he's he's also a little bit like um, Monsieur Hulot from the Jacques Tati movies. Uh, you know, that doesn't uh, count. Tati is different from Dottie. <laughs> yeah, a little, but he's part of this a grand tradition of, of nearly silent a, comedians. Yeah, yeah, silent has a little bit of uh, tunnel vision, and in, in that he only wants to focus on the little, small, easy, easy to handle things in front of him. And the fact that he gets involved in these gigantic adventures doesn't enrich him as a person. He's not a man of action. Well, I think, and I think the silent tradition is actually really useful for Wallace and Gromit because even though there's always been dialogue mm. in Wallace and Gromit, it's never been a ton of dialogue. And when there is dialogue, it's usually in the service of just the articulating a plot, mm. just get like the same thing a title card would do in a Chaplin film, mm. or in service of terrible puns, <laughs> the worst. And uh, that's something that continues into Wallace and Gromit Curse of the Were-Rabbit. So in their first feature film, came out in 2005, and sadly to date only feature film, I would love to see more, but they've moved on, they're doing their own thing. And this was their second Aardman feature film after their film Chicken Run, which was a big hit, Hmm. and is pretty damn delightful still. Oh, it's great. I watched it recently. Yeah, it holds holds up up really good. Um, They decided to not only make a Wallace and Gromit movie, they also decided to make a horror comedy. (laughs) Which is an interesting choice. Peter Salas was in one of the Hammer Dracula movies. No shit, I didn't know that. Yeah, I think he was in Taste the Blood of Dracula. What? That's yeah. amazing. I had no idea. That's hilarious. Yeah, yeah. That's fun. So he, he, he was involved with Hammer, and curiously, yeah, that when they decided to make a Wallace and Gromit film, they decided to pay homage to Hammer, making it, well, just, just like Chicken Run, mm-hmm. aggressively British, which is... <laughs> And I understand they're an English studio, but uh, that they're trying to sell these incredibly English things to an American audience, Mm -hmm. a worldwide audience, and still making, like, huge amounts of money. Well, I think it even goes beyond the horror stuff, because Mm -hmm. everything in Wallace and Gromit is is aggressively British. The plot Mm -hmm. of the movie is pretty simple. Mm -hmm. Wallace and Gromit uh, in this film have uh, reinvented themselves, their their latest entrepreneurial activity, after they've been window washers and all kinds of things. Their latest entrepreneurial activity is uh, they are pest control. And it turns out their entire town uh, is basically run off of local vegetable farmers. And indeed, there is a festival every single year to see who can grow the biggest vegetables. Mm. Fruits and vegetables. Fruits and veg. Uh, Which is a very British thing to do. It's a very British thing to build an entire movie around. (laughs) If you remember one of the best British movies, in my opinion... Mm. Uh, movie that's very formative to me. Uh, there's a movie called uh, Mrs. Miniver. Hmm. Mrs. Miniver uh, stars Greg Garson uh, as a uh, uh, British homemaker during the Blitz. Um, during the day, she's just trying to keep her family together. Um, her husband, her children, one of whom is off in the war. Uh, and at night, they all go down into the bunker and pray they don't die. Hmm. But it's all about them trying to have something resembling a normal life during extremely dangerous abnormal circumstances there's a lot going it's, like you can, you it's can, the keep calm and carry on philosophy yeah. um the movie is incredibly uh important actually historically because it was such effective propaganda uh in terms of it was a huge hit in america and americans were 
thanks to this movie, a lot of Americans finally realized just how shitty it was in Europe right now <laughs> because there was a lot of isolationism going around in the lingo. And all of a sudden people were watching Mrs. Miniver and going, oh, we should do something about that. And everyone in Europe's like, yes, <laughs> for the love of God. What do you think we've been screaming for the last decade? And, and Churchill said Mrs. Miniver was like more useful to the war effort than a flotilla of battleships. <laughs> but one of the big plot points of Mrs. Miniver is there's still got to be a rose festival, damn it. <laughs> And that's kind of the whole vibe here, where no matter what happens, even if a giant monster is attacking the countryside, will we have the vegetable festival? Not, not just any monster, but a vegetarian monster. Yeah. The, the worst kind of monster you can have in this little British suburb out in the middle of the countryside. It's been touted that, uh, uh, and I think even by uh, Ardman Animation, that this was the first vegetarian horror movie. That is not true. What Troll is- 2. You're right. <laughs> but beyond that, we can even go to British animation uh-huh. where we could find a, a wonderful character named Duckula. Count Duckula. Count, Count, Count Duckula was vegetarian? Yeah, Count Duckula. The whole idea with this cartoon Count Duckula, and he was a spinoff of Danger Mouse. Um, or maybe they just interconnected at some point. I remember, I think Danger Mouse came first, though. I, you know what? I've, I've seen neither. So You've I, never I, seen Danger Mouse? Not, not, Danger, Danger Mouse, Mouse nor Duck Count Danger Duckula. Mouse was such they, a really... They came on like USA. I didn't have cable growing mm. up, so I didn't get to see these shows. Uh, Dan, for, for Americans who might not know it, and there's actually a really quite good um, uh, up, like rebooted version of it that came out a few years ago that you can watch uh, on Netflix. I think it's still available. It's really funny. They did a good job with it. Uh, but Danger Mouse was a long-running, very popular uh, animated series that was basically... Uh, a mouse and his sidekick who's a very uh, like a heroic mouse and a somewhat callow mole and uh, they they solve uh, crimes and they're basically James Bond yeah and um, there was another uh, animated series done in the same style I can't remember I, I think it's a spin-off but I do know that they crossed over called Count Duckula and the whole thing with Count Duckula and it's actually like kind of morbid the opening I was always really attracted to it um, Count Duckula was a vampire mm-hmm. and he drank blood like a vampire but he died and in the opening credits of the episode they show that his butler and his like giant nanny uh, they were resurrecting him and it's like yes it is time to resurrect Duckula bring me the eye of Newt Newt eyes bring me the blood but there was a mix up and they accidentally put in ketchup so now he's a vegetarian <laughs> And the whole gag, the whole gag of this series is that his butler is trying to get Duncula to kill people, but he doesn't want to because he doesn't <laughs> need blood to live anymore. So he's actually a pretty chill guy. But it's That's so fucking funny. weird. So there's this weird tradition of that that uh, I don't think it's called out enough. But yeah, they're doing a horror movie, but they want it to be family friendly. So the whole mm. idea is instead of a werewolf killing people. It's a were-rabbit who is eating everyone's vegetables, and in order to make that seem like it's dramatically worth making a movie about, you have to make people really, really obsessed with the vegetables. Mm. So (laughs) Wallace and Gromit have been catching rabbits who have been eating everyone's crops, but they're very humane. Yes. They will not kill the rabbits. What they do is they suck them up in a little vacuum, Mm. uh, which, of course, doesn't hurt the rabbits at all. The rabbits are cute as hell. Uh, and then they bring them back to their house where they keep them in the basement and they feed them and take good care of them. They just Now they have hundreds of pet rabbits now. <laughs> they have no idea what to do with them, mm. but they can't let them out. And the rabbits don't seem... The rabbits are a little mischievous and occasionally they break out and eat stuff in the, in the kitchen, but then they just put them back. <laughs> it's, yeah, yeah. it's pretty damn cute. Um, but, uh, yeah. 
So uh, Wallace and Gromit are, are tasked with protecting all the vegetables before the vegetable uh, festival. Mm-hmm. But they still haven't cracked the perfect pest control scheme. Until while they're on uh, a trip to Lady Tottington. Played uh, by Helen Bonham Carter. Yes, who is uh, engaged to be married to A-hole number one. I actually forget his name. Hang on. Uh, Roderick or something. Yeah, whatever his name is. The Jerk. Hmm. Um, yeah, she, she's engaged to be. Or she, there's a guy who is wooing her. He wants her to be engaged to marry him. She won't do it because he's pretty obviously only after her money, and he's an asshole. Um, and uh, finally, Wallace gets the idea. What if rabbits didn't want to eat vegetables? Then we have no problems. We can let all the rabbits go. <laughs> the trick is, how do we get them? To want to eat vegetables. To, to not eat vegetables. Yeah, sorry, to not want to eat vegetables. So, well, luckily, Wallace, luckily, Wallace has invented an invention. Yes. It's a, it's a mind, mindy, mind machine. Well, he, he's on a diet, and uh, in one of my favorite visual gags in the movie, uh, one of the running gags of the whole Wallace and Gromit universe is when he wakes up in the morning, uh, his bed tips him up, he falls off of the foot of his bed onto the floor through a trap door downstairs right and in, right into the chair at his breakfast table yeah and always something something always goes a little bit wrong yeah uh and the machines dress him and he just gets ready real quick uh in this movie he goes through that trap door and he gets stuck mm-hmm. it's been a little and, way and wallace and wallace uh while he's stuck in the trap door gromit walks past the the breakfast table and there's a big jar of something called middle-aged spread <laughs> with a knife in it like it's something you spread on toast nice Somebody who's experiencing middle-aged spread. That's a hilarious joke. Okay. Um, So, yeah, Wallace uh, is... Gromit has got Wallace on a vegetable diet. Wallace doesn't want vegetables. Wallace wants cheese. Mm. So, with this mind-control device, and he's using it to try to make himself not want vegetables, he hooks it up to the rabbits, and he hooks Mm. it up to his own head, and he's just going to send them anti-vegetable ideology. Yeah. Dangerous stuff. But... (laughs) He accidentally gets comfy. He's like, oh, I'll just do this for about half an hour and that'll uh, clear up the whole business. And he puts up his feet and he accidentally uh, reverses the machine. So now he's getting all of the wanting vegetables mm. desires. From from the brain of a rabbit. From the brain of many rabbits. Mm. <laughs> Perhaps you can see where this movie is going. Problem is, a couple of days later, there's a giant rabbit wandering around the countryside eating everyone's big vegetables. And Wallace and Gromit begin to suspect that they have accidentally created a were-rabbit off of one of the rabbits because they used lunar energy and stuff. And for actually, I'll give them, I'll give the, the filmmakers some credit here. They're, they're really, this is a real well-written movie. Because you think to yourself, <laughs> well, you think, I think it is. I think, it's simple. No, it's, it's incredibly well-written. And, I, yeah. you know, I, I don't mean to uh, belittle yeah. the, the brilliance of the screenplay, but... Like, it, it's not the social network, but, mm-hmm. like, it's it's got its own vibe. It's It's operating on... Um, mm-hmm. Light comedy uh, drama, yeah. But when I, I remember watching this movie for the first time, I'm thinking to myself, "Oh, Wallace is clearly going to be the were rabbit." And then what happened was, actually, they did create a reverse were rabbit in which there's actually a rabbit that's growing to be more human size who is talking like Wallace, mm-hmm. and every single line of dialogue he's got is a line of dialogue from either earlier in the film or one of the other Wallace and Gromit shorts, which yeah. is a really fun gag for people who are fans of the whole series. I'm inventing, mostly, yeah, that yes. kind of thing. Um, 
So there actually is a pretty good red herring mm. because there is this other creation that has emerged from the machine. And there's a really wonderful visual gag where after the first night when they tried to catch the were rabbit, mm. they come home and they see the giant rabbit footprints. And the footprints lead to the open door in the hallway, and then that's the door to the, sorry, to the basement, and that's where they find the rabbit who uh, thinks he's Wallace, whose name is Hutch. Isn't who's, that cute? Yeah, because yeah, rabbits. Because yeah, this is bunny rabbit. Surprised I didn't go with Warren, but okay. <laughs> Should have gone with Warren. Warren would have been good. If Warren yeah. Hutch, that's his name, first and last. Um, but here's the deal: they realize what they did, and they create like a new pen for for Hutch, so that Hutch won't do anything bad again. And then Wallace is just tidying up and he closes the door into the hallway and he realizes that the footprints didn't go into the basement. They kept going down the hallway and started turning into into human footprints. And then they were Wallace, which is a really good reveal. That's actually really that's they thought out a really fun (laughs) way to tell that visually. And uh, and of course, uh, Gromit has to keep Wallace from doing horrible things. Wallace has no idea yet because he's constantly misinterpreting what Gromit is doing. Um which all leads to, in the end, um, they claim that they caught the monster, but of course Wallace is the monster and Wallace is constantly eating all the vegetables. So everyone loses faith in them. And uh, Lady Tottington, who has started to have feelings for Wallace, uh, has to engage her would-be boyfriend to kill the were-rabbit using a gold bullet because it's got to be 24 carrots. carrots. I get it. Apparently, originally was going to be silver, and then they figured out the pun later. And I'm like, "You're Ardman. You didn't come up with that first. <laughs> what are you doing?" Um, so uh, uh, yeah, so the guy's going to hunt down Wallace, and will Wallace escape? And there's a big action sequence at the end. And um, what a, what, what a well choreographed. Yeah, well, yeah, wonderful. I just I I don't want to get like all wrapped up in the plot. Yeah, yeah. Because actually when I was rewatching this, and I hadn't seen this since it came out. I really liked it when it came out. Okay. But it just never came up again. I just never had an opportunity to come back around to it. But right. if you would ask me if it was good, I would tell you, yes, it's wonderful. Uh but when I rewatched it, I realized something. Hmm. Wallace and Gromit, and I'm curious about your perspective on this. Wallace and Gromit, The Curse of the Were Rabbit, mm-hmm. is one of the great werewolf movies. Uh, technically it's not a werewolf movie because it's a rabbit. But uh-huh. if we're, but here's the deal that, at that point you're splitting hairs. <laughs> Thank you. I was wondering <laughs> when I get to use that. Oh man. <laughs> uh, I'm fine. We have fun. <laughs> don't, don't we? Yes, we do. That's me trying to give it. You thought whistle. it was done with the Warren joke, didn't you? No. Um, but, uh, no, 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 no. But like, when you think about if if all we really care about with werewolves is do they turn into a wolf, mm-hmm. I think that's a little limiting. And I was thinking, I was watching this movie, and I realized that the fact that he's a were rabbit is irrelevant. This is a story about lycanthropy. This is a story right. about someone who transforms into an animal and gives gives in to feral animal desires. That he wants vegetables is irrelevant. Mm. Okay. This is a story about transformation. This is a story about duality. This is a story about a nature that a person is uncomfortable with and tries to hide. And I realized that we often talk about, and we've said it actually, I think, pretty recently on one of our podcasts, mm-hmm. how there's only a handful of good werewolf movies. Yeah, there's not many. Yeah, and, and we can run down the list, like, real, real fast, because mm-hmm. it's an American werewolf in London, the original The Wolfman. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Compa- ho- Company of Wolves. Company of Wolves, uh, The Howling, mm-hmm. Ginger Snaps, 
And then you can, if you wanted to argue like dog soldiers or maybe one or two more, I wouldn't fight you too hard. But when you consider how many great vampire movies there are or how many great haunted house movies there are, the number of capital G great werewolf movies is actually pretty thin. Yeah. Yeah. And I think, I think it's because werewolves are far more interesting in your head. Mm -hmm. It's difficult to realize a werewolf using even the most cutting edge special effects. That uh, Mm -hmm. 2010 version of the Wolfman has great special effects. Mm -hmm. You know, people's teeth, like they throw their mouths open. You see their Mm -hmm. teeth growing in one by one. They really paid attention to a lot of detail. And there's one pretty Academy fun, Award yeah. for makeup. Uh, and rightfully so. Yeah. It's still not that interesting a movie. And yeah. I would argue the design of the werewolves wasn't that great. No, they tried to really like rely on the old like universal Wolfman design, mm. which I don't think is the best Wolfman design. Yeah. Teen Wolf is the worst were- looking werewolf. Oh, it's pretty, it's Why was that bad. film a hit? I don't know. Just, I don't know. It's, you, it's, oh no, I turned into a hippie. It's, you know, I think it just came along at the right time. People liked Michael J. Fox, yeah. you know? Um, I, I don't, dis- I don't really dislike that Benicio del Toro Wolfman movie. I actually think it's like a, a pretty good remake of Ang Lee's The Hulk. Right. Which if you watch them back to back, you'll totally see it's kind of the same fucking movie. Yeah. yeah. Um, I, I'm not totally against it, but I wouldn't call it capital G great. Mm. However, if you expand that to move to werewolf stories that aren't specifically people who turn into wolves, mm. we get a couple more. Mm. And I think well, we get, in addition to Wallace and Gromit, Curse of the Were-Rabbit, we get Cat People. At least the original. Okay, I think it's a classic again. horror movie. We get like one or two more that are actually we, like solid. Here, keep this in mind though, and this is actually an oft discussed point about cat people is you don't see the cat people. Yeah. The, it's, it's all, it's, it's all, you know, hidden off to the side. We don't get like a good full body shot, like head to toe shot of the, a cat person, yeah. like in a cat outfit. And they, and they did that because they realized they would look ridiculous mm. and they were right. But my point is they still made a good movie about someone wrestling with their inner nature and their mm. inner, uh, yeah. uh, desires and here, temptations here, and... but here's why uh, Curse of the Were-Rabbit might work a little bit better yeah okay Wallace turns into a were-rabbit what does the were-rabbit look like it looks like a big furry thing it looks like it, it's cute he looks a little bit like that red Looney Tunes monster but with bunny ears and like a bow tie and, and like a big nose yeah, yeah he's wearing a bow tie it's kind of this cute little cartoony monster like he's giant he's mm. got weird feet he's got weird like dimensions mm. but he's pretty cute it speaks the language of horror movies, but it's not straightforward hor- horrific. True. That's part of this. Uh, but the important part is, I mean, look at the design of Ardman characters. They all have those, like, two little beady eyes. Mm-hmm. Uh, these are kind of round heads, usually outsized mouths. They're pretty cool Overbites, looking. Overbites, yeah. Yeah, I like, I love the design of Ardman characters. And uh, so the, the were-rabbit falls in line with that because it's animated. Yeah. You can get behind the transformation that much better. Yeah. Can you think of any other animated werewolf movies? No, not. I mean, maybe yeah. some cartoons like like TV shows and stuff, but mm. no, not like, really. Th- yeah, don't don't give me like Gravedale High or anything like that. No, 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 no. I, I I agree. I actually agree. I can think of some animated werewolves in movies like mm. Hotel Transylvania or yeah. that one werewolf in Nightmare Before Christmas, but those aren't werewolf movies. Right. Those are movies that happen to have a werewolf. In but it's like Monster Squad isn't a werewolf movie. It's those werewolves werewolf look really cool. There's the the put upon dad Steve Buscemi werewolf in yeah. Hotel Transylvania. Uh, that sort of frozen monster face werewolf from A Nightmare Before Christmas is actually kind of scary looking. Yeah, they're delightful. And if you look closely, you can see that it like has like ripped human clothes on. Mm-hmm. It just it transformed a long time ago, but he never turns back into a human. So he's yeah. still wearing the human clothes. That's great. Uh, I I'm willing to bet we could get more great werewolf movies if we decided to animate them. Well, you know, for a long time, 
I believed that there were only three kinds of horror stories. Mm. Uh, there were, and, and the categories I had been using hmm. were vampire stories, werewolf stories, and uh, and mummy stories. <laughs> Mummies, no, Frankenstein was, was mummies? stories. Oh, Frank, okay. The idea and the idea was was really to, to, what's the most general categorization of horror you hmm. can have, and what I had boiled into was um, there's uh, Frankenstein stories, which is the evil that we make. Okay, we've created evil. Hmm. There's a story of yeah, werewolf stories, which are a story about the beast within mm. us, whether it's literal, fantastical, mm. or just our horrible inner nature. And uh, there's vampire stories, which tend to be about the evil we welcome inside. Yeah, kind of the 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 evil outside of us, the evil uh, in the night, the evil in the forest, the evil uh, other. Okay. Um, and I felt pretty confident about that. And then I read one of Stephen King's books about writing. I think it was Dance Macabre. And he actually had a similar uh, uh, categorization, but he did it differently. Mm-hmm. Uh, he, he did go with Frankensteins and, and vampires, uh-huh. but instead of werewolf, he had Jekyll and Hyde. Okay. And that kind of unlocked it for me because werewolf is very specifically about our animalistic natures. Mm-hmm. Um, and it could be a werewolf, it could be were-rabbit, it could be were-cat, but it's about inner animal. When you make it about Jekyll and Hyde, when you make that you realize that what all we're really talking about is our propensity to do things that either we morally and personally deem wrong or that society deems wrong, but we cannot control those urges. Okay. And I realized when I was reading that, that werewolf movies, because they are so difficult to realize visually, and it's easier mm-hmm. now than it's ever been, but for many, many years, just there would be good werewolf movies with shitty looking werewolves. <laughs> like uh, a re- it would be a great werewolf movie. There's uh, called Bad Moon. Oh, uh, that's, I think it's, it's good. It's, it's fair. It's I think fair. it's good. But the idea is mm. uh, there's a, a, a single mom. She's raising her kid. They've got a wonderful dog, and then uh, their uncle comes visiting, and only the dog realizes that the dude is a werewolf. And it's like Rear Window, except the James Stewart character is a dog. And no one can hear the dog And no one trusts the dog Mm. And it's a pretty good story The movie is okay Not amazing But I think If the werewolf Didn't look really bad It would be a very Well regarded (laughs) werewolf movie It's it's a werewolf That photographs well In still photos Yeah That it has to move Is kind of a problem And the transformation Is early morphing CGI It looks terrible Looks so bad But my point is this Because it was so difficult To realize the werewolf And make it look convincing I think the werewolf genre turned into the serial killer genre. Because mm. it's not a far cry to say that a lot of the ideas and fears and anxieties in a werewolf story are in something like Silence of the Lambs or Manhunter. Yeah, well, they're also in The Hulk. You've, yeah. You mentioned it yourself. Yeah. Um, yeah, this idea that you have something in you that could turn you into a monster. Uh, serial killers, I think, is a little bit more vampire. In fact, they use the word vampire in The Silence of the Lambs. Is it true what they say about him? That he's some kind of vampire? Oh, yeah, I forgot that, that, about that. Yeah. I, I would say those movies are a little bit more akin to vampire. Okay, uh, but think is, about something like Dexter, for example, well, Dexter, where he's well, like, trying was, to like, control his own urge to or kill. Or a, a cult movie we actually reviewed recently, and I only saw for the first time recently, and loved how filthy and sleazy it was, Maniac. Yeah, that's a werewolf movie. That's a werewolf movie, because that's yeah. from the perspective of the killer. Right. Okay, mm. fair enough, fair mm. enough. See, But you see how we're kind of yeah, splitting yeah. Um So I, my point is this. I... We got into this weird horror tangent because we're us, but well, I'm it's, willing. It's a horror to, movie. Why not? I'm yeah. willing to canonize okay. Wallace and Gromit: Curse of the Were Rabbit <laughs> as one of the capital G great 
were monster movies. All right, all right. I think it's a, I think it's in the top ten. Mm. I really do. It's light. It's for kids. Who cares? I think we're too precious about what horror is. Mm. And oftentimes I'll write something about horror and I'll include like a kids friendly like horror movie like Frankenweenie or Paranorman or something. Mm. And I'll people say, "Oh, that's not horror. That's for kids." Kids can have horror too. It's usually toned down a bit, but it's still in the mm. horror genre. And I think Wallace and Gromit is in the horror genre the way that Abbott and Costello meet the Wolfman is in the horror genre. Mm. It's clearly comedic and you're not yeah. supposed to be that scared, but they clearly connect. They're clearly leaning into these horror elements and saying that they're real. There's actually a were-rabbit. It's not a, it's not a misunderstanding. He turns into a monster and attacks vegetables. Um, it, it is quite a good film. It's quite a good comedy. Uh, yeah. It has a wonderful cast. It has, you know, all of those wonderful twee puns that Ardman is known for. Mm-hmm. Uh, this was the film that, actually opened my eyes to what a versatile actor Ray Fiennes was. Oh, he was not funny before that. Because I had seen him in films like The Constant Gardener and The English Patient and Schindler's List, yeah. you know, uh, Sunshine, these films that are really quite good. He was basically he, humorless for all yeah. of the 90s. Uh, Sunshine, by the way, the, the Istvan Shabo film is really, really terrific because he plays forgotten. three different uh, generations of the same character. Not only is it forgotten, but it's completely forgotten because there's that other movie called Sunshine. Called Sunshine from really Danny like. Boyle, yeah. yeah. Uh, Nothing to do with each other. No, no. The, the Hungarian film uh, Sunshine, where Ray Fiennes plays three different roles. And I was used to him being these sort of very serious, very dour characters. You see him in David Cronenberg's Spider, and he's like mm. mentally ill, and he's not even yeah. acknowledging what's you around him. You most see of the him time. in things like The Reader, yeah. Yeah, and The End of the Affair, and Oscar and Lucinda, and The English no, Patient. To and be Queen fair, Show. but then you watch something like Strange Days, mm-hmm. uh, where he's actually really energetic. Yeah, it's clearly and having fun. And this was the first time I saw him be just outright funny. Yeah. And I recognized his voice. Oh, <laughs> some rabbits there. What? Well, I'll take care of the little blighter. Yeah. It's actually one of the animated movies that was driving me insane because I couldn't place his voice. Oh. Because <laughs> I wasn't used to hearing Ray Fiennes be funny. And as oh. soon as I saw the closing credits, I was like, I slacked myself like, oh my God. And he's funny. He's really funny in this. He's he hilarious. Make, he makes like toupee puns and stuff. It's yes. great. I want uh, toupee. I want <clears throat> Pay. Oh, oh well, no, she's gonna pay. No, give me my, give me yeah. my hair. No, those are rabbits, not hairs. Ah! <laughs> and then he puts a rabbit on his head and walks away. And he still doesn't do much comedy, but every time he has, he's been really good. The Grand Budapest Hotel. Mm-hmm. He should have been nominated for an Oscar for that. That's <laughs> what, what most... a great character. Oh my god! Look at, look at. I think it was that like 2016. It was 2014. Mm-hmm. 2014, the Grand Budapest. Look at look at all of the competition for Best Actor that year. Mm-hmm. Look at the people who weren't nominated for Best Actor that year. Mm-hmm. People like uh, uh, Jake Gyllenhaal in um, Nightcrawler. Nightcrawler yeah. People like uh, David Oyelowo in Selma. These are all Academy Award worthy performances. There was not room. All of the people who were nominated deserved to be nominated that year. Mm-hmm. Like it was one of the most incredibly competitive years in any category I've ever seen. And if Ray Fiennes had, had been, compl- he was completely snubbed, but if he'd won, no one would have batted an eye. They would have been like, hell yeah, he's hilarious. He's wonderful in that film. Yeah. So it's so always nice to be versatile. Fun- but even though all of this functions as a comedy and as a really good comedy, and it has some cracking comedic performances from pe- the likes of Ray Fiennes and Helena Bonham Carter, who also plays a very dotty character, if I can mm-hmm. reuse the word for the millionth time. Uh, I, I don't know think- if you can hear that, but Luca is squeaking a squeaky And ball. because it... it functions and is written well like a horror film, I think it still doesn't function as horror. 
Like, I don't think Abbott and Costello meet the Wolfman functions as horror either, but it's well, still think, a horror comedy. I think comedy. it has horror elements that it takes seriously. I don't think there's any, like, scary moment in Wallace and Gromit in The Curse of the Were. Well, because there's no... Because the stakes are so low. But that's yeah, that's they're, it. They're going to eat vegetables. And, yeah. Right, but you know they're not going to eat Abbott or Costello either. They're Abbott mm. and, The movie's not going to end with them gruesomely disemboweling Abbott and Costello. We know that going in. I, I understand so that, I but the monster... Hor- the, they got actually, like, horror actors to play the mm. monsters. And, you know, the Invisible Man is famously played by Vincent Price at the very end of one of the movies. And they got, you know, Bailey Lugosi and Lunch... Lonchini Jr. to to actually come back and play these parts and play Mm. them as real monsters, even though they're in a comedic situation. The were-rabbit is a big, silly-looking, fluffy, huggable thing. But here's here's what I'm going to say, and there's a reason why I didn't say it's one of the great horror movies. Okay. I said it's one of the great movies about were-creatures. Okay. Because I think there's a a distinction. Are you familiar with... A live-action Japanese TV series called Kantaro, the Sweet Tooth Salary Man. Uh, no, I that somehow that one escaped my attention. Okay, it was it came out on Netflix a year or two ago, and there was mm. a bit of a buzz around it because there was nothing quite like it, and it is delightful. Uh, it is about a Japanese uh, businessman uh, who Luca is squeaking. Yeah, what ball. is that? Noise? There's a squeaky ball that yeah. he's got that he's it's his favorite toy, and he usually <laughs> doesn't do it when he podcasts, but right now he's obsessed with it. <laughs> anyway, Kantaro the Sweet Tooth Salad. I don't know if anyone can hear that, but there's definitely a squeaky. Luca, do you mind? He's so cute. Okay. Anyway, Kantaro the Sweet Tooth Salary Man. He's a, he's a businessman, and he's part of a very like rigid businessy culture in which you go to work, and you go home, and you talk about business, and only that. Mm. But he has a secret double life because he's also a food blogger. And when he is out on like business trips, he's supposed to be working, but he is making time to go to famous and historical restaurants and try out their sweets and taste them and write mm-hmm. about them. And he has these incredible fantasy sequences where he experiences what it is like to eat like the perfect, I don't know, peach cobbler or whatever. And his head turns into a peach <laughs> and it gets all surreal. <laughs> what? It's, it's a delight. It's, it's a clearly, it's based on a manga and these are all like visual tropes that you might see in manga. And it's, mm-hmm. it's really interesting to see them done so well in live action. The, the show is adorable. Uh, there's an episode that we were literally just watching today um, in which he goes to a restaurant because he has been challenged. They have a dessert there, mm. which is uh, matcha, which is sort of a, a desserty tea uh, type flavor. Mm. Uh, but they also... Well, matcha is green tea. It's green tea, yeah. but they, matcha is typically, uh, I find it is often in desserts. So this is a dessert. It, He's a sweet tea oh, yeah. salary man. There's a dessert that's like a, a matcha uh, gelatin cube. Okay. Uh, but they pair it with Bavarian whipped cream and red bean paste. Mm-hmm. So the, he has been challenged. He's like, is this a European dessert that happens to have some Japanese elements or a Japanese dessert that happens to have European elements? And he eats the food and... The, the the dollop of whipped cream comes to him with a human face and the bit of matcha comes to him with a human f- you know, a bit of red bean paste comes to a human face and he is the matcha and he turns into matcha and they all form together into this like incredible like big bang epiphany of taste explosion and he all of a sudden realizes his beautiful epiphany is genre doesn't matter <laughs> it doesn't matter if this is european it doesn't matter if it's hmm. japanese what matters is that these various elements of it are in harmony okay so umami yeah you can right. say that um 
So when I'm, I'm again, if we're going to be arguing some sort of rigidity, is it a werewolf movie? Is it not a werewolf movie? Is there a were creature in it? I'm going to let it be called a werewolf All movie. Right. But is it a horror movie or is it a comedy? It's a horror comedy. Hmm. The comedy outweighs the horror, but they're in harmony. It's not okay. like it needs to be more scary yeah. than it is, right? Yeah. Can we agree on that? Do you it's, think it should have been scarier? Well, it, that's the thing. I don't see Ardman doing something really outwardly horrific. Right. Is But my point uh, is that... Is the other fact, than flushed away. Is, hey, but the fact that is it not as good because it is not leaning more into scariness? I think no, it, it, I think it, it, doesn't, make, it doesn't make it any worse, but yeah. uh, I'm, I'm not sure if I'd canonize it as a great werewolf picture. We can disagree. I'd, I'd, I'd canonize it as a, a great comedy film though i would love to hear people's response to this because i totally get the counter argument but i no, you, i feel you, pretty strong about mine I'll, I'll have to think about this yeah. you've, you've made some interesting arguments but yeah. uh yeah it's uh, one of my favorite things to do is think about genre studies mm. so uh yeah please leave a leave a comment let us know where you stand is this i, mean, I think we can all agree the movie is pretty great mm. uh if, if you disagree fair enough but is it a werewolf movie or not and i think it is you can call it a rabbit movie but again that's splitting hairs mm. Uh, um, other than that, this movie is just pretty superbly created. It's all done in stop motion animation, um, and it's impeccable. Well, it aided by CG. Uh, yeah, a little CG here and there. Yeah. Like you, you can't actually have a stop motion thing float through the air. They True. Use, like special effects to do that. Um, there's a few like little. It it, it seems a little bit um, rough. It's rated PG. Mm. <clears throat> Uh, before like basic mayhem there's that uh and there's a scene at the end and i remember reading uh like a really angry review of this movie because is this this about the coin purse it's not about the coin purse there's two visual gags that Mm. are actually a little bit naughty Mm. Uh, there's one where uh the helena bottom carter character is flirting with wallace Mm -hmm. and she walks up to a pair of melons and begin and then they like superimpose them over her breasts oh yeah starts feeling them very austin powers joke. yeah it's like uh, okay that's like not even a boob joke those are just boobs (laughs) and then there's a scene at the very end when wallace is caught in a nude situation he grabs a box that used to it contain like fruit and nuts and he slips uh, onto it and stenciled a, on the side of the box. It says may contain nuts. Warning. Uh, may well, contain yeah. Nuts. Warning may contain nuts. Isn't that cute? It's, 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 a, it's a little rival. It's yeah. I re- somebody wrote, I remember somebody wrote this very angry review saying Wallace and Gromit and Ardman animation have previously been so clean that they would think <laughs> to do something. Even this ribald <laughs> sent them into a tizzy. <laughs> I, the the nuts gag is a bit much. I I can imagine because it's literally spelled out for you. I, the 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 bit with the melons is so brief that if you blink or if you turn to look at your popcorn, you can totally miss it. <laughs> it's supposed I think, so. I think that one's pretty harmless. They're both harmless. The nuts one is 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 ribald. But mm. the one I remember was when this movie came out. There is a, there probably still is. There was a website I was looking at because someone pointed out to me that it was weird. There's a website that's very uh, much for Christians and conservatives, and it's all about, oh, yeah. um, you know, telling you what content is in a movie because mm. the MPA gives you a very general overview. Right. You know, graphic violence, mild language, some nudity, Gr- grisly torture. Yeah. But there's there was a website, and there probably still is, that was dedicated to detailing every single thing that mm. someone who is a uh, uh, very Christian, very conservative. Uh, might take offense at 
And I remember someone pointed out to me that the Wallace and Gromit Curse of the Werewolf page is actually like really lean. Mm-hmm. It's it's pretty dang harmless. Like, okay, there's a were-rabbit and that might be against God. But like beyond that, it was pretty clear. The thing that they singled out mm-hmm. that I just was completely baffled by. The Ray Fiennes character has a dog and he's much like Wallace has a dog, but his dog is like an evil dog. He's mm-hmm. very angry and spiky teeth and he's chasing Gromit around. Mm-hmm. And the end of the movie, while the were-rabbit is like climbing a big tower, kind of like King Kong, uh, Wallace and this other dog have jumped into like a carnival ride with mm-hmm. little planes and they've put coins in the planes, but the planes are actually flying around. <laughs> much like the planes in King Kong. Mm-hmm. But... Uh, the evil dog is trying to like chase after Gromit, like the Red Baron in a Snoopy cartoon. There comes a time when they are both on a plane, mm. and the plane runs out of juice because they're like their time ran out on their right. quarter. And so rather than keep fighting like in this epic struggle between good and evil, they both pause to check their pockets, which of course they're dogs, they don't have them, but they do. <laughs> and like Wallace pulls out, he's got a couple of pennies or farthings or whatever, and he can't put anything in there. So but so the evil dog just like, wait a second, and he picks out his purse and his purse has little flowers on it. Yeah. And he picks out a quarter and he puts it in. Mm. This website singled out that effeminate purse as oh, something that, that, that people might be offended had, by. Oh and I'm like, that is the definition of toxic masculinity. <laughs> the idea that he can't have a purse with flowers on it without it being a problem? Like something that you what need you? to talk to your kids about? Mm. That's some fucked up shit. It's okay to like flowers. What mm. the fuck? Flowers are beautiful. Yeah. It's okay if he's an effeminate dog. Who gives a shit? Like it's a it's a coin purse. It's okay if he's gay in a polyamorous relationship. Who the fuck cares? <laughs> exactly. But like, regardless, they just this. They were trying so hard to find something to be mad about, and they this was all they could find. Oh my god, it's amazing to me. I don't even think they found the nuts joke. I think they just found the coin purse. <laughs> the coin purse. The nuts joke is actually like that's why it's PG probably. But like, yeah, vicious dog should have had Punisher logo on its wallet. <laughs> Okay, yeah, that's 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 a little too strict there. Yeah. Um. But anyway, to to start wrapping this up, um, Wallace and Gromit are great. Curse mm. of the Were Rabbit is great. Is it? I'm curious what your take on this. Is it the best Wallace and Gromit animation? No. Okay. What is your pick not. for the best Wallace and Gromit animation? Uh, it, um, I, I love the Wrong Trousers. Uh, okay. I, I just I, I watched that one incessantly when I was in college. I just really really adore it. I think. It's timed perfectly. Every mm-hmm. gag lands in that one, even if they're kind of gentle. Yeah. Uh, and and it, it was before, and it still has uh, a lot of thumbprints on it. Like, it's yeah. it's really professionally made. Yeah. They're all professionally made. The but first one's definitely, at, like, cheaper than the others. It's yeah. not as detailed. You can really the see designs how much more a little, handmade. Yeah, the design's a little different. Yeah. And I like, I like the wrong trousers because you can still see a little bit of smudges on it. You can see the human element in it. Yeah. Uh, a close shave... None of that, like it's totally slick. They got rid of all yeah. of that. You can't don't see any thumbprints. It's very good. Same with the movie. They just yeah. they slicked them right. I'm, you know, these are feature films. Of course, they're going to make them look as good as possible. Yeah, they threw money at it. But yeah. I do like uh, I like seeing a little bit of grit in in my movies, and I think uh, mm. 
the wrong trousers has that perfect balance. Um, I'm not going to fight you too hard on that. I think mm. for me, it's uh, uh, wrong trousers and Curse of the Were Rabbit with mm. the original uh, uh, short coming right up behind. All right, because I like its anime quality. Okay. How does it land for you in the Ardman movie canon? Um, Allowing that there's like at least one you haven't seen. Yeah, I have still haven't seen Arthur Christmas. I still uh, haven't seen uh, Early Man, so take okay. that with a grain of um, salt. And I never finished Flushed Away because it was so bad. So I think that's a critique in and of itself. It. I'd have to watch Early Man again because uh, mm-hmm. I I really liked it when I saw it, but I've only seen it the one time. I yeah. think. Um, I think Chicken Run, Shaun the Sheep, and Pirates are all better than it. Okay. Uh, but that's not to say that it's like f- way down the list. Those no. are all very high that's, on this list. Th- there's, a, there's, there's a phrase we like to have. It's called uh, damning with faint praise. Mm. That's praising with faint damnation. There you go. <laughs> like that is fourth doesn't mean it's not brilliant. Mm. Um, for me, uh, I think Arthur Christmas and Pirates and Shaun the Sheep are the top three. Mm. And then it goes like a tie for Chicken Run and Curse of the Were Rabbit. Okay. And like, so it's a tie for number one with three movies. And then it's a tie for Curse of the Were Rabbit and Chicken Run. Which means it's a really amazingly wonderful movie. Um, if you want to watch it, it's currently available on home video, uh, in DVD and Blu-ray. Uh, it is, I think it's on Blu-ray, but it's also on HBO Max right now. So if you have that service or if you're enjoying your free trial, mm-hmm. uh, there's no excuse. It's right there. Yeah. Enjoy. Um, it's a delight. It's pretty short. It's less than nine. It's like, what was it? Like 75 minutes, 80 minutes? It's about 80. It's, it's yeah. brief. Yeah. yeah. It's a, it's a, it's a tidy motion picture. Um, and it is a delight. And I want to thank, uh, once again. I want to thank our patron, Mac Kropf, uh, who I really hope I'm pronouncing your name right. I think it might be Kropf. Kropf. Hmm. One of us is right. I hope. <laughs> <laughs> it's pronounced smokes too much. I don't know. Um, go back to the Monty Python gigs. Uh, but I w- thank you for this, because this is a fun rewatch, and I'm really... Uh, this is the kind of thing I think film critics sh- should be doing, because there's a lot of times when film critics start talking about old movies just because we're hurting for content. You know, like, it's hmm. like, oh, is. uh... Is the Nightmare on Elm Street remake really that bad? Yes. yes. It's the answer quite is bad. Yes. I mean, maybe it got hy- hyperbolic a little, but it's not good. Mm. Like, that's fine. This is the kind of thing that is just so delightful and so unassailable that it's weird that people don't talk about it more. And I hope mm. people do. So please yeah, check this out. Recommend it to people. Recommend it to people with kids. Maybe the horror element is what's keeping it out of the conversation. Because it's, it's, it's so think... mild. Uh, well, you, you look like at Coraline and Paranorman. So I hear Cor- Coraline, and then this is all just anecdotal. But you know, when when you hear discussions of horror movies or discussions of horror movies for ki- kids, mm-hmm. I hear a lot of mention of Coraline. Coraline and Paranorman oh, yeah. come up a lot. Por- Paranorman less, but yeah, it does come up. Yeah. How many people mentioned Frankenweenie? That one was really good. It is really good. I actually like. I think that's one of the. I mean, the original film was a short, but mm. if you're going to expand a short into a feature, that's the way to do it. Mm. They, they really just stretched out really gracefully. Done. That got. That's got some scary shit in it. It's actually really creepy. It's actually, a scene where they electrocute a cat and it turns into this snaky yeah. bat monster. There's a it's weird. Terrifying. There's a weird uh, group of people who are really into Corpse Bride. Mm. I don't get it. I love Corpse Bride. I don't love Corpse Bride. It I want to love Corpse Bride. It is so Bride. goth. It's like... I love how goth that it is. sentimental kind of goth... Sentimental goth? That it's, kind it's, of thing. Yeah. It's, that, it's that Tim Burton movie where unless the character is kooky, Tim Burton doesn't give a shit about him. The like regular characters are literally in black and white in that movie. Yeah, I, know, I get it. The <laughs> problem is it goes too far in that direction and I just don't care about them. Oh, and well. all I want to do is see the Corpse Bride. My other problem with that movie is I don't think the sound is mixed very well. It's actually hard to hear some of Danny Elfman's lyrics, which mm. is especially difficult when a lot of the plot is revealed in song. Yeah. So that's a technical issue. But um, I'm trying to think what are the other like good... Hotel Transylvania is a hit, series of hit movies. 
Oh, yeah, um, I guess so. The first two in particular are really good. Third one's got funny bits. Mm. Um, it's not bad. I never saw the third. It's, I, it's I, do like, I do like the first two a lot, though. It's funny. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's, yeah, the first two are better, but the third mm. one's funny. Um, that, f- that first movie gave me whiplash. It's, like, so fast-paced. <laughs> it's such a good animated movie. <laughs> it's a really good series. It's, like, the best thing Adam Sandler's ever been involved with. Yeah, more or less. Kinda, yeah. 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 I mean, I'm, I even punched her in glove. I'm more leaning towards Hotel Transylvania now. What like is it with the blah, blah, blah? I do not do that. <laughs> blah, blah, blah. <laughs> so damn funny. Um, but yeah. Mm. So anyway, anyway uh, but yeah, let us know what you think about the conversation about whether or not it's a, it's a werewolf movie or not. And if so, is it one of the capital mm. G great ones? If you haven't seen it, please check it out. Really, yep. really wonderful. If you haven't seen it in a long time, watch it again. It's such a treat. It'll really improve your day. Um, and, uh, thank you again, uh, to Mac for, uh, funding this episode and for contributing to our Patreon. Um, we're intensely grateful to you. Uh, you're a really wonderful person and we're really, really glad uh, to have you part of us. And, uh, we are going to be back real, real soon, uh, with another episode of your critically acclaimed. Uh, we're trying to do one of these about every two weeks. We fell off the schedule, but we had some scheduling difficulties this last week. Uh, we've got another one lined up pretty quick. So, Mm. We'll be back soon with another one. Uh, thank you, everybody, who has submitted uh, your picks already. Mm-hmm. Uh, if not, you can always, uh, if you haven't done yours yet, if you're waiting for a good time, uh, we're banking them. Uh, it'll take us a little bit to get to yours. We're trying to do them as much in order as we can. But you can always uh, send us a message at uh, our Patreon mm-hmm. uh, to uh, give us your, uh, your official uh, suggestion. If we have any issues with it, we'll hit you back. If you want to give us a couple options, talk about some people have done that. We can do that, too. Mm-hmm. Um, and, of course, uh, you can sponsor an episode of your critically acclaimed, or if you know that's a too high a tier for your budget right now, there's a ton of exclusive content available at patreon.com slash critically acclaimed network. However, if you do request one, you have uh, different choices. We can make a podcast just for you personally that nobody yep. else gets to hear. You can make a podcast just for other patrons mm-hmm. uh, if you're feeling generous, or if you're feeling especially generous, you can make an episode like this one that is available to everyone. Yep, you're in charge uh, when mm-hmm. it comes to that kind of distribution. Um, some people have also elected to join us for a podcast and uh, actually co-host a little bit. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, mm-hmm. these are all options that are available to our patrons. And again, we have also have podcasts about every episode of Star Trek, every episode of Firefly, every film ever nominated for Best Picture, tons of movies that are not available on disney plus but should be mm-hmm. and other stuff as well that's all at uh, patreon.com slash critically acclaimed network so i want to give a very special thank you once again i know we already did but we got to say a special thank you again the macro for sharing this episode with everybody uh, i hope i'm pronouncing your name right and um again thank you everybody for listening thank you everybody for supporting the show we're deeply grateful and never forget everyone's a critic <laughs>